Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. This is a podcast that is for entrepreneurs, startups, founders, and also on the other side of the coin, venture capitalists, angels, investors, uh, family offices, basically anyone interested in investing in a startup. Um, we never recommend that people buy stocks or invest in stocks or invest in companies. We try to stick to our guns in terms of companies that we find interesting and fun and, um, and, and good to keep an eye on. And one of those is a company based in Italy and Singapore called Futura. And we are joined by Andrea Gianmarco, who is the um, head of the operation. Uh, welcome, welcome to you, Andrea. Great to have you on uh, the Accelerator. Thanks, Michael. Uh, thanks for inviting me here. And great to be uh, your guest in this episode. Yes, no, it's great to have you. And I, 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 what I find particularly interesting about your company, I want to spell it for people. It's actually F, V as in Victor, T as in Tom, U R A. So it's you call it Futura, but it's like spelled a little funky. So just yeah. So you, so you know where to find it. But um, um, Andrea has a company that he describes as a venture builder, rather than just describes himself as a venture builder too rather than just a plain old venture capitalist. So what's the difference? The main difference is um, in the support that startups receive. So normally with an incubator or accelerator or a venture capital, a startup gets either access to funding um, or to network, to mentorship, and that's about it. Uh, while on a venture builder, usually there is much more involvement when it comes to operations building the projects. So, for example, here we have 70% um, uh, of all the resources in terms of manpower that a startup might need from coding to marketing, design, branding, everything, you name it. Everything that a startup needs, um, we have it in-house in terms of a team. And that team gets borrowed to the startup for, for the time that he needs. And how did you come to that formulation? In other words, what led you down that road of providing additional support to, to startups? Well, I guess they pay in as an entrepreneur on the first place. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. I've been, yeah, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for the past uh, 15 years. Uh, and, and I, I know that I don't know how many doors uh, when I needed to have support, to have some help, to have some experience, literally anything. And I've never found a place um, where I could find everything I needed from a trusted uh, partner. And, uh, and absolutely, definitely uh, not at a decent price. Uh, and actually, all our services that we offer to startup, we don't charge startups nothing anything not a single dollar uh, and i would have dreamed to have that this type of support and like me uh, hundreds of entrepreneurs do you take uh, do you give them any money and take an ownership stake take an equity stake yes we do so we do also some investment into these startups um, and uh, we take some equity and that in that way we know and they know that we are all aligned towards the same direction we don't take anything up front, like any upfront fee, um, basically no money. So we need to make it succeed in order to have a, a positive return. And what is a typical um, equity position for you in one of your, your 
eight projects? Uh, it really depends on uh, the stage of the startup. So, so far at the moment, we are only building startups that are uh, developed internally by the talents that we are scouting out there. So what we do is uh, finding talents. We do a three month program where we train, we teach them a lot about uh, entrepreneurship, about uh, uh, verticals specific that they're passionate about it. And then from these talents, we form groups. And from these groups, we form companies. Um, usually after um, all this, we end up having uh, around 50% of the equity. Uh, and the rest is for uh, the the group, the team. Although mm -hmm. we put all uh, all the resources, uh, I would say more of what is needed in the initial yeah. phase. Um, so you take you take a big chunk, but you do a yeah. lot. Um, yeah, obviously. And and so, what is the most important thing that you teach the entrepreneurs in that three month training window that you have? Uh, Actually, the three months is only the beginning because then uh, after the three months, there is a 12 months of building the startup. So we keep training, teaching uh, about everything from finance to operations to project management. Is, uh, is awareness. It might come as a surprise, but it's actually awareness because first and most important, we want to know that the entrepreneur knows what uh, the challenges that he's going to face um, achieve. So we want to be sure that entrepreneurs have their in the right place so that they're doing something because they believe it, because they can see the future impact, that they have a vision. Um, and so being really important, but also of their skill set. What are their strengths? What are their weakness? Uh, the awareness about the company, the project, what he's trying to achieve. Sure. And and you started doing this in Singapore. And yeah. now you're also doing it in Italy. So is your team kind of split between those two countries? Yes, actually, uh, we have team members in quite a bit of countries, uh, 10 countries right now, between uh, Vietnam, Europe, North America, South America. Uh, and because of COVID, uh, they cannot join us, all of them, in uh, Tuscany. So we are planning to have a very large gap uh, sooner here. Well, listen, everyone wants to go to Tuscany. I've been, I've been there. I would go back in a, in a heartbeat. It's a good reason to, it's a good reason to go there. But um, um, you have eight companies under your wing now. Um, what can you tell us about those eight companies? And are they in any specific industries? Are they at a specific stage in development? What what do they have in common and how are they different? Well, I mean, they have two things in common for sure. One is the impact. So everything we do, everything we touch, uh, it must be a project that is improving or it aims to improve thousands or millions of people's lives so, so that's impact investing, impact yeah, investing is on yeah. the thread yes okay that's the uh, minimum uh, minimum uh, like requirement um and the other thing is that uh, all these projects are interconnected so one of the advantages of building in-house projects is that they have um, two functionalities one of course, they are a project, so a company that is running on its own. But on the other side, they are a piece of infrastructure to support other projects. Okay, I can make an, 
Yeah, what would be an example of uh, a piece of infrastructure? So one of the projects that is uh, is being launched uh, right now, actually next week, is a community platform, which is a business network, a business network for uh, startups, entrepreneurs, governments, uh, large corporations together. So where we can link all uh, these people and we can foster and we can empower them with opportunities, with uh, resources. Um, on top of it, we are going to build a launchpad. So these projects in the future will be able to do crowdfunding and fundraise directly from this private network. It's like saying uh, with a bigger mission and, and purpose yeah. when it comes to startups. Well, make sure to invite me. That sounds really interesting. And I uh, definitely to show it to me, um, which is exciting. So let's talk about the individual comp companies. You've got one eight in the pipeline and you've launched one in, in the farming space. What is that company like? So that's uh, one of the projects that I love the most. And I think it really embodies and represent, represent the, um, and the purpose of what we're doing. So these uh, companies start from, from a need from trying to figure out better solution for producing food worldwide population is uh, aiming to be uh, well right now is in the trajectory of reaching 10 billion people by 2050 um, and the issue with uh, farming and production is that there is not enough enough space and enough manpower to fulfill right now that uh, that uh, we need to boost our production by 30% at least. And definitely there is not 30% more spare land um, for, for farming. So the team of experts, uh, biotech experts, uh, farming experts got together. Um, we had more than one year of just brainstorming, market research, studies, testing. Uh, we called the companies, experts from everywhere in the world, from South Africa to North America, to Canada, uh, to Southeast Asia. All of this to understand the impact. So we know that the farming industry is one of the largest, if not the largest, when right? it's also the largest when it comes to employment. So there are a lot of things connected together. And is um, is one of the industries that have seen the less or smallest changes uh, from technologies in the past decades, because um, it's an industry that is usually um, in a way from father to son, birth to father and so on. And so it had mm, little innovation compared to us. And so after this year of brainstorming and analysis, we highlighted a few solutions that could be viable, scalable, um, and really would solve the problem of farming and food production. And the best of the best was this vertical farming system that we call uh, bioponic, that which is with fish, fishes, and uh, hydroponic, which is just vertical farming, what, but with pure fertilizers and chemical pesticides needs. Um, what we saw in aquaponic is that, of course, the fish side is not scalable because uh, you need to have large 
tanks with fishes, you need to feed them. Uh, aside the ethical part of it, which is another question, another point, there's also a problem of not being able to utilize the system in rural areas of the world, which, by the way, are the most productive when it comes to, to farming. So we needed something that was not, uh, not delicate, like aquaponic, um, and also hydroponic, as it is right now, since it's depending on chemical fertilizers, it also needs a special, uh, um, special requirements. Um, you need greenhouses that are full uh, sterile, like they must be really close from the outside environment because there is not bacterial culture within the systems. And so any pathogens, any external agent might affect this hydroponic system and the entire, uh, the entire thing might die, all the plants in it. We needed to solve all these problems. And so these bioponic systems are vertical farming system, but they have large tanks with bacterial cultures where uh, we put inside the compost, the standard urban compost that is coming. This uh, could be coffee, could be when they cut the grass, it could be anything that, that is organic. Basically. Uh, and after a mechanical process, it gets fed into the system and the bacteria start to process all these elements and they transform it in something that is viable and can be assimilated by, by the plants. And all of these brings a massive resiliency into the system because any external agent, any pathogen gets digested by bacteria and so it doesn't reach the plants. And they don't even need to be inside greenhouses. Now we can build vertical farmings outside in the field, or if cities have uh, unutilized spaces, well, we can, we can do it there as well. And that has a massive potential. I mean, just to share a couple of numbers too about yeah. that, um, about the impact. Imagine that uh, we can save up to 90% of uh, floor space compared to normal uh, uh, standard monoculture. Uh, we save about 98% of clean water into that mm. because all the water is recycled. I mean, water is going to such a large problem in the future because finding fresh water, clean water in rural areas is very challenging. Even if we extract it from the sea, I mean, it takes a lot of energies and resources. Yeah, so yeah. saving 98% of water is a massive impact. Uh, carbon emission, we can reduce carbon emissions by over 80%, which is uh, huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. And all these projects like this one are the ones that we like to get involved because we see the impact on potentially billions of people. And yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a really good one. And so you have seven others. What can you tell us about them? Well, another one is, uh, which we really love is the campus. So we have built this large 8,000 square meter campus here in Tuscany for uh, entrepreneurs, for students to to university and uh, is I mean 90% of the program is sponsored by us and by our partners so it's very very accessible and here students learn about these technologies learn about uh, the works of the future like uh, working in the space into the waste management space um, in all the industries that are going to be essential in the future and that today are not 
problem. Um, and we invite how students from in the. Hmm? I was going to say, how many students go through are going to go through that system, go through that program? Right now, our limited capacity is about 500, 500 students per, uh, per year. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> a lot. That's not so limited. That's well, exciting. We would love to do, we would love to do more. Uh, we have 40 educators. Uh, but I mean, that's speaking is a start. Italian or speaking, uh, what are they speaking? English. 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 Yeah, yeah. Our main uh, language here is English. Uh, so that's a commonality. Uh, yeah, although yeah. all our team members uh, they speak more than uh, here in total in the in in Toscany here at least twelve languages from South oh, Korea right. to Chinese to Spanish. That's great. That's impressive. So you've got the school. You've got the vertical farming. Um, what what else is is in the works? Uh, something that uh, we really really love, and of course is. Uh, controversial is a sharing economy and a new economic model program so um, we are seeing and some of us come from finance so like me other team members come from finance some other members chain coding industry um, we see a lot of uh, hype right now blockchain about decentralized uh, systems but we also see that 90 percent is pure speculation um, the substance behind is not yet there. Um, the project that we have in this new economic model is, uh, is to create an alternative system for uh, people that today have no access to resources to actually receive a kind of credit from the community by being able to provide services or uh, by doing um, other type of supports for the community. Uh, one thing that we exper experiment is a uh, uh, earn to learn program where we are actually uh, giving credits for people to learn. And then they can utilize these credits within the community to get access to other services. Uh, I see. And I mean, so that's really, kind of- really building, a lot of it is community. Yeah. Yeah, because um, exactly, and that's the other common point among these projects that are all interconnected. By studying campus, we are actually forming the entrepreneurs uh, of the future. And so yeah. then they can join uh, the, the projects. Uh, by building alternative economies, we can create a community that, uh, that has more resources and more liquidity to be able to build startups, to build new initiatives. Because that's one of the things that uh, entrepreneurs miss. At the beginning, they have no access to capitals, but in a they can share skills, uh, tools, resources. Well, then things changes um, a lot and you can help them save 80, 90% uh, of what normally would cost a startup. We are talking to Andrea Gianmarco. He is the head of Futura which is based in Tuscany, Italy, also in Singapore, started out in Singapore. And um, before we talk about the future, tell, tell me, are there any other of these startups that you are particularly excited about? I know you're excited about them all, or you wouldn't be doing them, but what, what do you think? Is there another one that might have a profound effect? Um, well, I think um, I was slightly mentioning earlier about uh, the launch pad. I think that yeah. is, pretty interesting because uh, it's a platform that 
connects uh, investors with entrepreneurs. Um, and something that we do is uh, measuring the impact. So giving in to each startup and today this does not exist. Mm. Yeah, no, that sounds very interesting. Now, what about, I, I know that your plan, unlike most entrepreneurs and many venture builders, your plan is not to go to the United States, but to go elsewhere. So why avoid the United States and why, and where else are you going? Well, for the same reasons as we are avoiding big cities right now. So even in Tuscany, I mean, we are not, we are definitely not in uh, the last cities in Italy, like Milan, Rome, or uh, Turin. Uh, we are here because um, we want to serve the, unders the most underserved communities uh, and countries. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, they started this journey places like this. Uh, and then they have to move all the way that are very expensive. And basically, they get absorbed into those cities. Uh, they need to leave uh, renting uh, the house. Um, they need to deal with visa. I mean, if they go abroad, handling visa is uh, is a pain. So much time, so much resources. Yeah. And so yeah. we want to bring opportunities to them before uh, they commit all these uh, mistakes, which of course are experiences, but a lot of them will then come back experience uh, financially broken. And so um, we want to bring opportunities where are the most uh, needed. Venture building, supporting the entrepreneurs. Now, what was your first company like? Well, I was in, uh, actually started in 2007 with financial algorithms. And I started in that industry because um, at the time was one of the few industries with a low entry barrier. Um, mm. A lot of the industries, you really need resources backing you up behind even before you start. But finance, uh, um, I found it that there was more meritocracy because at the end of the day, companies, investors, they look only at one thing, like your performance, you move ahead. Uh, if you don't, then you are and you have time to improve. While in most of the other industries, it's not that easy. Even if you're skilled, even if you're good, but you don't know people, you have a little network, oh, then it's going to be very challenging. Um, and that was so, challenging yeah, was... for you, it sounds like. That was hard. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um... Did you say you succeeded at that company or, or did you did you kind of move on? No, I, su I succeeded. I mean, at 25 years, uh, I was uh, CEO of this uh, large financial investment company. We had more than $100 million under management. Uh, and at 27 years old, I did my exit from finance. And then I invested everything into Futura. Um, I mean, I actually donated it because I don't want anything back. So everything I'm doing here at Futura, uh, I'm doing it for the next generation, not to get something out of it. Yeah. Um, so finance was... Uh, you, have, was you, have a, you have a kind heart. It's um, futura.com spelled a little funky. F yeah, F-V-T-U-R-A.com pronounced um, futura. And um, it's an extremely interesting and I think far-sighted uh, enterprise because you're trying to do some good. You're doing the impact investing, um, the impact investing, but 
But what I hear most of all is um, you're trying to build a community that can really carry this forward and grow and um, help people from making the obvious mistakes. So, um, so it's, it's really, really interesting. What do you think is the biggest challenge for you and for Futura uh, moving forward? Um, I, I think uh, your video um, on ah, you might let me turning on. Can you so still hear me? I can still hear you. And this is a podcast, so it's not the end of the world. Ah, if okay, we lose, okay. If we lose your voice, it's the end of the world. But, but no, this is there we go. Okay. Yep. Uh, right. Podcast oh, listeners, sorry. just ignore that last 30 seconds um, <laughs> because it's not relevant. But yeah, what. Um, what do you think about yeah. what's your dream for this business? I think uh, the biggest uh, the biggest challenge is um, is to match um, the interests of investors with the need of creating an impact. So um, the biggest biggest challenge it comes also from awareness, like mm -hmm. finding people that are aware of what is happening right now in the world, finding entrepreneurs that understand that they can play a much bigger role in society than what they actually think. And the same for investors. There is this very little awareness uh, right now. And um, that is very challenging. And it's not that easy to, to fill up the gap. But, but I can say that is getting better year by think, year. Do you think it's because essentially, I mean, it is the venture capital business. Um, we all remember the movie Wall Street where Michael Douglas, the actor, gave the speech about greed is good. Um, we hear mm. over and over that the way you keep score is how much money you make, which I, I think is absolutely mm. not true. Yeah. Um, but but you're kind of swimming upstream against that. How do you how do you make sure you win that one? That's a tough one. Well, uh, I mean, one of the things that we're doing, and again, is one of the projects of the ecosystem is building a parallel economy. So yeah. changing yeah. the game, uh, changing the rules of the game for, uh, for the next generation is going to be essential. Right now, the millennials, so the people between uh, 25 and 35, uh, they, they have access to less than 3% of the total wealth. Mm. So there is a massive demand for resources out there because this generation has to bear the responsibility to change the world for, uh, for the future. They need to handle climate change. They need to handle uh, 100 years of uh, pollutions. Uh, they really have to face, to face a lot of challenges and they have no access to resources. So um, how much of this uh, is, uh, gets you to the discussion of blockchain and cryptocurrency and Web 3.0? Uh, well, I mean, we are uh, deeply involved into the blockchain space because uh, we develop uh, all uh, the majority of the platforms and the part of the ecosystems that we are developing, they have blockchain into it. Um, although the cryptocurrency is a different part of the game because the majority of cryptocurrencies right now, they follow the same, um, the same rules as uh, dollar, euro. They're just cryptos. Um, but they are the same dynamics. There is the same terrible wealth distribution. Uh, so I think there is room for a massive improvement. 
And I think that the crypto space and the blockchain can do something that governments cannot do, which is changing and adapting very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have more hope into that, uh, uh, on, into that side because there are a lot of experiments going on. And of course, a lot of them will fail, but those that will succeed might actually be the economic systems of the future. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I really commend you. I think that uh, you're fighting the good fight. You're trying to change the world and um, calling on other entrepreneurs uh, and uh, entrepreneurs to be and um, venture capitalists and angels to be part of that. So um, I think what you, you have been saying is really significant. And I want to thank you for coming on the accelerator. Really do appreciate it. Thanks to you, Mike, Michael. It's been really a great pleasure. A pleasure for me too. Thank you so much and, um, and best of luck to you in all things. Thank you, Michael.